If you have an interest in horses and love learning more about horses, the horse industry, teaching, or even managing your own horse business, then you're in the right place. We would love you to join us on our mission, which is to improve the lives of horses around the world through the education of riders, handlers, and trainers. So get comfortable, listen in, and enjoy. Today's chat's been brought to you by International Horse College. International Horse College's motto is people safety and horse welfare, and you'll find this message throughout our chats. Registered Training Organisation number 31352. Now today we've got Dean Cork, and people may not have heard of Dean Cork, but I'm sure they will have heard of the Mounted Police, which we'll go through and talk about, and also a product tool, Corbro, which we also will talk about. How are you today, Dean? Good, thanks, Glenis. How are you? Good. Dean, I'd like to introduce you. You've sort of had a bit of a, a trailblazing history with horses and horse products, but I'm going to start off first of all with a favourite quote. What's a good one that you think has inspired you or influenced you? I'd have to say that um, the quote, horse health isn't an expense, it's, it's an investment. Yep, yes. And um, that flows on to the way we think at Corbro and, and just in general that mm. um, you can, you know, take precautionary measures that will stop a lot of um, heartache down the track. Yeah, yeah. I think that's it. Expenses are things that you buy now and they're just gone out the window, but you know, exactly. something about your horse health, that you could lose a lot more if you haven't got your horse's health. You could lose a whole horse, yeah. Now, you started with horses, but you also were in the Mounted Police. Were you always going to join the Mounted Police or was it like you just wanted to put your horse career somewhere? How did that all get started? What was your thinking along those lines? Uh, well, at, at high school, it was, you know, I, I wanted to be either a policeman or a jockey, so it, it made okay. sense that I could do both. Um, and I landed at the Mount of Police down in uh, New South Wales at the old Redfern uh, barracks down there, which mm -hmm. incidentally uh, a lot of people don't realise is the oldest uh, continuous Mount of Police force in the world. Um, I think that they're, they're about 15 years uh, older than the Canadian Mount of Police wow. uh, down at Redfern. So, and uh, yeah, I started there in 1990. And uh, went through right up till 2001 and was discharged um, with an injury from riding horses. I, I fractured my back and um, then continued on uh, in the equine industry uh, with Corbra as an uh, uh, equine consultant. All right. We look at careers in the horse industry, you know, and we like to bring in experts who lived and worked in the horse industry or have horse businesses. So it's quite a wide variety of people we bring in. But to join the Mounted Police, what type of person joins the Mounted Police? What type of skills do they need before they come in? What type of character traits? You know, just thinking if you were talking to someone now and they were asking you about it, what would you tell them? Well, you've got to, you've definitely got to have a love for horses um, because that, that becomes your partner yep. out on the streets. But you've also... There's no point in joining the Mounted Police and thinking, great, this is going to be a pony club. You've also got to have a, an interest in, in um, basically, you know, uh, uh, helping the community. And uh, the combination of those two, it, it, it's an ideal job. However, having said that, um, for instance, in New South Wales, there might only be two or three positions come up every year uh, for, for the Mounties, I, I believe. There's 30, 
30 positions um, at the Mount of Police. So yeah, it is a pretty um, premium position to get. So wanting to join the Mount of Police, you, you'd want your riding ability up to a, a, a fairly good um, level. The, mm -hmm. the old days of the old bushy coming in and <laughs> uh, throwing his leg over a police horse and riding in, that, that kind of stopped um, around... Uh, probably about 2,000, and now the, the riding entrance exam to get into uh, most amount of police horses, um, basically a, a high-level uh, um, horsemanship. Okay. And do you have to be in the police force first to join the mounted police, or you just go in straight into yes. the – you do? Okay. Yes. Uh, mounted police is, is no different to any other specialist unit, uh, detectives or um, air wing. You, you've got to uh, – who've been a policeman for you know, a minimum of um, three years and then you'll apply for specialist positions. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now, I'm really interested in Corbro as well, which I'm sure a lot of people have seen. I've seen it, you know, quite a lot. I think the first time was out, you know, University of Queensland. I thought, oh, that's interesting, you know, like rubber floors and, um, you know, I think you supplied them and then I was, you know, at a stud yesterday and saw the you know, the Corbro product on the floor and the bedding. And I know that it's not just all over Australia and New Zealand, but it's around quite a bit if people have seen the rubber flooring. I don't know if anyone else does it, but um, how did this come about? How did you even get involved with that? You're in the Mounted Police Force. You'd think you'd be out there wanting to take your horse out and then all of a sudden you're involved with this product that even though it's a horse product, it's a little bit away from what you would be doing in the Mounted Police Force. How did that come about? Well, a, a couple of things. You're not the only person who um, is surprised, like, with the Corbro product. I get yeah. calls all the time that I've never heard of it. And um, we've actually been around, we're coming up to 30 years in the uh, equine industry, and the main reason a lot of people don't hear about Corbro is that we make everything down in Melbourne. Everything mm -hmm. is made here in Australia because of the composites. It's it's not a rubber floor. It's got a rubber skin. It's actually a, a, a little bit more technical than than just a standard rubber floor okay. um, or rubber granules. It's it was developed um, in conjunction with uh, Wollongong University, a team down there headed by uh, Professor Chris Lukey. In uh, I think it was 1992, were commissioned to to specifically make a composite for horses to stand on. And um, Sydney University uh, got involved. And where I came on board was I, I was involved in, in, in the design, but one of the aspects were the, the, the mounted link was we used the, the first prototypes in the mounted stables to actually increase uh, the lifespan of a lot of the old horses that had uh, leg problems. And... That's where the flooring came to its mm, um, yes. to its fall. That um, a lot of these horses that were, were getting on to a the last couple of years of their um, police life, we were mm -hmm. actually extending it because of the, the surface they were standing on, and, and that was the um, the link between Corbro. And then later on, I um, um, became a consultant when I left the police force. But um, that's the link there. It's actually the, one of the probably the first product that was designed specifically for a horse, uh, mm -hmm. taking in horses' weights, their movement, yep. um, and and going down that road. And getting back to why people don't hear Corbro is that we, because it's a specialist 
we do runs every six weeks, mm-hmm. and we've built up a, um, a following or people who have used Corbro over the last 30 years that our ongoing clients keep our presses pretty well busy. Uh, not to say that we, we don't want more people using Corbro, but we, we don't advertise as much as a lot of other equine uh, companies. Um, we do do a uh, – we'll put an ad in Facebook once every few years, just let people know, you know, you our mean? numbers and that. <laughs> and uh, we, we do some Facebook now and then. But, yeah, look, it's it's our biggest endorsement is that it's used in a lot of um, universities that are at their at the top of their game um, and are known as experts, for instance, Scone Vet Hospital, all their recovery boxes that Scone Vet and Clavelli mm-hmm. and that have been Corbro for almost 20 years. Yep. A lot of the universities, not just horses, but also as um, dairy cattle, uh, yep. Camden Dairy Research Centre and the CSIRO, and uh, just getting back to um, Camden Dairy Research, they actually had problems with their dairy cattle standing in an area uh, while they were doing experiments. I mean, these cattle were in pens for anything up to three months, mm. and uh, the leg the leg issues were horrific. And earlier on, the work that Sydney Uni did um, with the Corbro Composite was put into that research, and the cattle had no problems. So as soon as they stood on it, they could do the three months without it. So we learned very early on that, you need to uh, alleviate the joints. You basically have to suspend not just horses but also cattle. They're, they're, they're just by their structure, they're big up top and they have these skinny little legs. Yep. And um, if the surface isn't right, then they will develop leg problems. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll get sore, but it's not just the soreness of the um, legs. It, their immune system drops, uh, and then you find that a whole host of problems come in. And that, that that also applies to horses. So from our point of view, what a horse stands on is number one uh, in the building blocks of a healthy horse. And if, if, if the surface isn't right, then it's a whole host of problems that can follow on. Yeah, look, Dean, I'm just thinking I've been to and I'm having a look at the different places, you know, even just Warner Brothers Movie World and you know, different places, New Zealand, Japan, Singapore, Malaysia, China, Philippines. I've been to a lot of these stables and research centres that are on your list and I just thought it was rubber. What's the difference between Corbro and rubber? Because, you know, I mean, I just thought, oh, well, that looks like a pretty good product. I should just, you know, maybe we should just get some rubber in our stables. I mean, our horses mostly live out so we don't. But what is the difference between Corbro and rubber? What's been the research and development? Why don't we just go and get some old rubber and put that on the floors? Well, look, rubber's great to put on the floor, but mm. the main bit that will do is keep your horse off the concrete. Mm. Why a lot of people will look at our product and think it's rubber because that's all you see but yep. um, when it's in in position. But the, the rubber skin is only one-tenth of the product. Under that rubber skin is a composite, which it's a combination of polymers, um, such as EVA and PEs, um, that have been formulated. So when a horse stands on it, it actually mimics a fresh bed of straw, up to about three foot, wow. but constantly. Even a fresh bed of straw, when, I, when you walk into it, will flatten out within yep. a few hours. Yep. So. The starting point for um, the team at Wollongong University was to actually, um, we actually
Link did in the um, R&D phase, put pressure sensors down on a on a bed of straw, three foot, and gauged what the with a, with a, a horse between you know ranging from two fifty up to six hundred kilos, what the, the the sensation of that was, and that was the starting point. Um, so it was almost like your horse walks into a fresh freshly laid bed of straw, three foot tall, uh, three foot high, and it just stayed like that. And that was the brief that the university started with. And then obviously it got more technical with with uh, weights and that. But under that skin is something that when a horse walks on it, it's basically suspended to the point where the joints do not have any real stress on them, but the, the hoof will sink into the product where it's massaged. And mm-hmm. the frog uh, gets the blood circulation, so it's like the, the main um, outcome is the joints aren't under stress, but there's a good circulation of blood going through the legs yeah. constantly. And with a horse in a box, they need that because they're, 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 they're stuck in the box and they're standing there. And we, we all know that most of them will stick their heads out at the door and they'll stand there. And a lot, a lot of the bedding isn't at that area or it's it's kicked back. So a lot of the time they're standing there with their front legs on concrete or, or hard dirt. And what about, you know, transport? Can you use it for transport? Well, we when we started the in, intensive care boxes, we yeah. realised that apart from a horse being sick and requiring a box that assisted in its recovery, that one of the most dangerous times you, you, you'll have with a horse is transporting it. And that gets back to the, the floor again. So we started using the flooring in our intensive care boxes as transport flooring as well. So the Corbro uh, composites comes in mats and basically putting these Corbro mats in your float or, or truck turns mm-hmm. your truck into an intensive care box. And that's really what you need um, for floating. I don't think a lot of people. I mean, I, I know people would would know how dangerous it is, but just the, the there was uh, some studies done just recently, and uh, is uh, Australian studies, um, and the statistics were that just transporting a horse on a regular basis, you're over close to seventy percent chance that your horse will be injured in a two year period. Mm. The Bureau of Statistics did a, a study here in Australia. And 25% of the people involved in that study said that their horses were injured during transport. And so that's, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a quarter of all horses during will, will, will have some type of injury. But the, 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 some of the facts coming out of the, the study were, um, were pretty interesting, but only 6% of the people in there took it down to driver error. Uh, 72% on that study, and I'm just, uh, I've actually got some of the stats in front of me. 72% uh, attributed the injuries from um, scrambling or slipping on the floor. So, just looking at that statistic, I know that when you travel with a horse and you're driving, you'll, you'll take the corners slowly, and, and um, that's why that 6% of people said it was attributed to them, but they don't realise, and a lot of people jumped in the back of a float. It, even going around a corner no, slowly yeah. on a hard surface, yep. it is incredibly hard mm. for horses. Um, one of the things we did at the Mounted Police, which was a training exercise, uh, you have to be certified 
in the amount of police to drive a police truck in mm-hmm. in a way that it's it, it's it's driven um, so the horse's um, health is optimum. But we were all thrown in the back of the truck at, mm. at the floats and the um, and it, it really you think you know it, but it's not really, <laughs> without bays and that, and even going around a corner at twenty kilometres, um, you, you can't stand. It, it's just the way the float goes, and it's it's um, you know, and that makes you think about horses on there. Yes, and yeah. we also go to the next level of road vibration, and that which which. Um, which is fairly big on, on transport as well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm just thinking because you hear about horses, oh, no, they used to load okay, but now they don't. So there's got to be problems there even if they're not injured. They're still going to lose confidence with the whole travelling process if they do have to scramble or, or don't feel comfortable within there. Oh, for sure. Look, one of the things I think so important on transporting a horse is just making sure that horse knows how to get on a float and just taking that little bit of extra time to make sure that you've got it right because that starts a chain event that if, if, if your horse isn't happy getting on the float and you get them on, then he's, he's in a, a, a stressful um, mood and then that, that continues on during the journey. So one, one of the things that... Um, that can reduce the stress is just making sure at the beginning of that trip, when that horse walks onto the float, he walks on and he's confident. And if your horse um, initially is a little bit scared, well, then actually take the time to just work with them and get them onto that float nice and easy. And that will stop a lot of problems down the track. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, definitely uh, on a, getting a horse on and obviously off is um, a, a, a key starting point thinking about all the times you would have seen people putting horses on and off. What about, what's a common fault that you see when people are loading? Something that you can say, this is a common fault when you're loading or travelling a horse and um, this is how to fix it. Well, there's, I mean, where do you start? There's that many different things that can go wrong on loading a horse that you can actually um, reduce before you get there. And one of the things is that if you're going to load your horse, before you load it on, is there anything around that could scoot the horse? Mm-hmm. Um, just like, just take the time to look around, uh, make sure the horse is settled. And if, if it was trained, getting back to the initial, training a horse to walk on and he's confident with you walking on, then if you're confident, he gets games comp confident from you and it's straight on. So that's that's one of the tips that also when you're going to load them on, are there other trucks, are there people around making noises, um, you know, could you wait a little bit? Just little things that, that, that can definitely um, help, help the horse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Stop. I need to interrupt this chat for a hot off the press notification. That is that the latest version of the book, 101 Careers in the Horse Industry is now available and the best news is that it's a free download. So if you work in the horse industry, if you have a plan to work in the horse industry and have a career in the horse industry, or if you know someone who plans to have a career in this fabulous industry, then this is an essential book for you to read now and then keep as a reference as you progress through your career. With over 100 jobs to choose from, you'll probably find at least one that you'd happily do without being paid. So simply go to internationalhorsecollege.com, 
scroll down to the bottom of the page and click on the 101 careers in the horse industry button to receive your free career book. Imagine, maybe one day you could be a guest on Horse Chats. You know, I'm just thinking about challenges with you. Just starting off with a horse business because you said that you, you know, stopped being a Mountie and then you've sort of had a lot more to do with the business and Corbro and everything. But what's been your biggest challenge? And, you know, money aside because that's always a problem, but is it like getting the word out to let people, to educate people on products? Or what do you think is the biggest problem, biggest challenge for you within your business? Uh, there's a couple of things I could point the finger with Corbro with, with mm. this specific uh, type of equine business. One of the things is um, the mentality that when you bring a new product in, some people just won't look at a certain product because it wasn't done the way that my dad did it mm. and his dad. Okay. And that's, I understand yep. that because there's a, there's a lot of stuff that goes down the line. Mm. There's also a lot of technology that's coming on. Even Corbro itself, the the first mats that we we, we made in uh, back in '94 are totally different composites now because technology keeps changing, mm-hmm. and that's one of the things that uh, when you've got a new product um, that you know a lot of people will well you know what I've got a rubber floor what's wrong with the rubber floor um, I've always had you know, floats have always had a rubber floor but they don't understand that technology is getting better and. If you use it in an application, you'll find it eliminates a lot of problems mm-hmm. that um, that were experienced before. That would be one of the uh, the big things. And the other thing is um, you're getting the word out, I'd say, with new products. Um, it's just um, there's a lot of products out there um, and just trying to get your product to put its hand up and say, hey, have a look at me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's that's one of the things. And we, like like you said before, we're we're thrown in um, the rubber floor basket, so we're no different to a lot of general the general public going. Well, look, it's a rubber floor, this this and this. So yeah. for us, that's a big thing. Um, and I still like to go back to the point, which probably isn't a sales technique, but when someone talks about Corbro, especially with transport. Um, that I will find what area they're in and um, see if I can put them in touch with someone who's used it for a bit. Because if you back your product in and you know what it does, you know that the person who gets it's going to feel the same way. And a lot of the time, your best salesperson is someone who's not even associated with the the company. Mm -hmm. And um, it's a win-win for everyone because you're getting feedback, but you've really got to believe in your product and – when you do, then, um, yeah, definitely get them to talk to someone where they they, they do get an in, independent evaluation um, and it actually works as a good sales tool. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm just thinking Percy Sykes, you had a bit to do with him. He's a bit of a legend. Did he have much to do with the development? Oh, definitely, yeah. Per- Percy was involved a, a lot of – he wasn't involved in the development of Corbro. That was done with um, – the universities of Wollongong and Sydney, but he was he was uh, advised a lot of the development in the early stages. He actually had a vet practice not far from the um, the, the first prototypes of Corbro, which were at the Redfern Barracks, mm-hmm. and uh, he definitely was a help. And Percy Sykes's understudy uh, Ross Teitel uh, continued on with uh, Corbro for many years, mm-hmm. um, and. 
It was good uh, from being a mounted police. I could actually, Percy went back to back to the days where um, Tommy Smith and, and those trainers and that. And he yeah. was almost old school, but he was also open to mm-hmm. modern ideas. And that's, that, that was the good thing. And I, over the years working with Corbro, I've always found that a lot of the successful stud owners, a lot of the trainers, a lot of people involved who are open without blinkers on, pardon the pun, um, seem to be the most successful. So not not just Corbro, but just any type of modern technique coming on or, or product, they'll have a look at it that, yeah, and yeah. Uh, they'll make the evaluation. And so that gets back to um, that mentality that, look, it's been done before and before, why should I change it? But the world's changing, technology's changing, and if you really want to keep up with it and, and see what's there, you've really got to step out and go, you know what, I'm going to have a look at that. Or mm. not just products, but also training techniques. Mm. I, there's always people coming up with new training techniques. Um, one thing I found fascinating was there was a study, uh, we always keep up, Corbra, with, with the latest um, trends in uh, transport research. Yep. And one of the things that I, I don't know if your listeners um, – I didn't know this, but they attribute some of the stress in transporting to a horse not being able to see behind them. Mm-hmm. Now, and that's by just simply loosening the lead, yep. uh, the tie lead, yep. and letting the horse, if he needs to, look over his, his bum, mm-hmm. will calm him down. And when they can't, and I didn't know that, but that was that was keeping up with with you know research all the time, and it it, it does it does help uh, from that point of view. Yeah, yeah. Just going back to, you know, we started talking about Percy and Tommy Smith or TJ. I, I used to work for him, you know, so I had a little bit to do with Percy and they were both, both Tommy and or TJ and um, Percy were both very, you know, even then were, were very open-minded. You know, I think um, TJ exactly. had gone to the States for, you know, a month or two just to go over and learn from some of the leading trainers over there. But, you know, he didn't he didn't just win premierships out of a fluke. He he won them for a reason, was always up to date with the latest of uh, whatever was going on. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And that's 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 what I think's the key, that there's a lot of tools out there that can help you not just your riding, but your the, the your animal health and also stable design. Um mm-hmm. yep. so it's uh it's, it's changing all the time, and it's really um, I, I, my suggestion would be to have a look at, at this stuff and make a, an informed decision after you've looked at it, not just shut shut the gate on um, you know something that's new. Now, tell us about the price because people are always going to say, "But you know, how much is it?" And um, you know the price, but but what what can we do as far as minimising the price. You know, if we've, we've got a double float and we've only got one horse, do we, you know, you tell us what you've got. Well, with with Corbro, what happened was that we actually, when, when the product was developed, we had um, some agency or agents that wanted to sell the product and we actually went with NatureVet Australia back mm-hmm. in, uh, and that was with a personal array, uh, relationship between Corbro and, and, and the owner of uh, Jerry Rose. Um, the link there was that um, he took on Corbro as an agent and NatureVet sold it uh, for almost uh, 10 years. Mm-hmm. Then when uh, Jerry passed on, um, NatureVet was sold and we decided because the composites are 
have to be made here in Australia. We 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 can't just get uh, a generic uh, comp, you know, foam and put it in. Mm. And the rubber itself also has to, is made here in Australia because we don't put fillers in Core Road. That the price is a lot higher than just standard rubber. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of those things you get what you pay for. But unfortunately, we were so high over the price of normal rubber. And getting back to people think it's a rubber floor that they were comparing our price to just rubber. Um, yeah. So what we did was. We didn't renew an agent. We had a couple of other people, agencies, wanting to sell Corbro. And what we've done, we identified that apart from the big studs um, and universities and the, the average uh, mums and dads who, who want this, and they've got horses, you know, just as valuable to them as a, as a Dane Hill, um, that we did not take an agency on. And um, we've got a, a data bank of people who know where we are and pass the word out. We actually sell direct now from where the factory is, ma- uh, where the Corbro is made in Melbourne. Okay. And yeah. there is no agents, there's no stores. You actually um, go through the factory and it's sold at a wholesale price. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, you've also got the option to um, pick it up or uh, we can uh, um get some quotes on uh, transport for the, the premium sheets. But what we also found is um, the, the Corbro uh, mats, the, the C1, which has been our product uh, for almost 30 years, now retails at $155 a square metre plus GST. That's, that's not ridiculous. When, we had you know, agents, when you talk about a, the price of a horse or price of a new saddle and it's uh... – Ongoing, well, thing. Uh, yeah. I, I thought it was going to be more than that, actually. Yeah. Well, if if we look at stable floors, mm. um, you could do a Corbro box, a four by four, for about two and a half thousand dollars. Now, yeah. most people would say, "Well, that's pretty expensive." And the outlay initially, compared mm-hmm. to say shavings or straw, it is. But the comforts in the product. So once that floor is is down, um, then you. The only thing that goes on top of Corbro is for the wetness. So what we say is you put um, six inches of shavings and then you reduce or, or whatever bedding you use mm. and you reduce it till you get to the point that suits the horse. So you're only looking at maybe 10% maximum of your bedding bill um, and you'll find that the Corbro flooring will pay for itself in the first year, 12 to 18 months yep. compared to normal um, uh, bedding costs. And then after that, you're basically saving that every year per box. So if you've got four boxes, you could be saving up to $10,000 just on bedding costs. Now, that doesn't include driving out to get the bedding and also doesn't include uh, labour. For instance, yes. the South Australian Mounted Police uh, did all their boxes in Corbo and they found that they only needed half the grooming staff because they were just going in there and picking up the droppings and taking out whatever wet uh, and so it was in and out. So you also save a lot on labour, but you also don't have to worry that the bed is done right. Um, that also reminds me, going back to the Mounties, we were actually trained on how to lay a bed in a herringbone format, <laughs> which I don't think a lot of people know now. No. Um, but that's how you lay a bed. So the, the, the straw was intertwined mm-hmm. and didn't break away as much. So you had that covering. But a lot of, uh, a, a lot of boxes today... Um, you, you don't have to worry about how it's done. It's just basically putting the shavings down to capture the uh, the, the wetness of the horse. And uh, what we found also is that um, 
we've had clients um, who have had Corbro now coming up for 20 years and it's basically saved them literally tens of thousands of dollars just on betting. It doesn't look at the the common stable injuries you get from a horse standing on something hard that you don't get with Corbro as well. So that in itself, it's, it's one of those things that you've really got to look down the track and see that it, it, it's actually going to save you money. But having said that, um, we also understand that not everyone can invest to spend $2,500 um, on a box or a float. And that's why we brought out another product called the Equivacet, which is a hybrid of the Corbro flooring that really just covers the area where the horse stands. Okay. So instead of doing your whole float, um, you will you, you can now uh, buy these mats that stick down and they do stop the road vibration. They make your your, your, your your bay non-slip because the horse will sink into these areas. So it's 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 a million times better than um, just standing on rubber floors, mm-hmm. but it falls a little bit short than our premium product. But then again, you'd have to do the whole floor in that. And um, so with the Corbro C1, you actually do the whole floor and it stops all road vibration, um, alleviates the joint, stops vertical shock, and also stops frequency. With the pads, it'll stop road vibration and vertical shock and also make that bay non-slip. And that's that's another thing too that um, I don't think a lot of people realise that when a horse stands on a float, the float itself, the, the, the chassis of the float is stiff. All floats um, are, are built that way. So even travelling down a flat highway, you, you'd think you, you, you're pretty well right. There's no real curves in that or... Or bumps, but they don't realise that just the mechanics of the wheel turning on the floats shakes the float and sends a vibration through the floor. Now, hard rubber does not stop that vibration. So if you can imagine these vibrations are coming up through the floor, the hard rubber floor, and then they're hitting a maybe a half centimetre of steel, which is the horse's shoe. And then from there, that vibration is going up through the horse's hoof, which for Best way to describe it, it's almost like a huge big fingernail. Mm-hmm. So if you can imagine this vibration coming up, and what we've found is that that vibration um, on, on, on a standard floor will, after about 20 minutes, the horse will compensate by tensing its legs up. And that itself then opens up a whole host of injuries that because he's tense, if he gets a vertical shock, you'll find the injury will be a lot, a lot more severe than if he was a little, little bit more relaxed. Mm. And uh, you stop that road vibration. Um, that is big for competition horses because it, it can take on a on a trip, you know, anything over three hours of transporting. A horse could take anything up to twenty four hours to recover just from that trip. Now, with with the uh, Corbro flooring, either pads or C one, you'll find that the horses actually its joints are alleviated during the transport process. So there is no tensing going up. Uh, vertical shocks minimised. And also going around corners, you'll find they sink into the uh, the Corbro pads or the Corbro floor. So it does eliminate a lot of the potential injury, but it also eliminates a lot of other horse behavioural problems, such as pouring, which could be caused by uh, just being stressed or all the vibration coming up. And, you know, so there's a whole host of, of, of things that lead lead down that track. 
But um, if you haven't got core growth flooring, um, some of the things you can do uh, to stop that is also make sure that that surface, and I can't stress this enough, make sure the surface you're floating on is non-slip. That mm-hmm. is so yes. important for yep. long trips. Yep. And the only – most people will throw shavings down, and that's great because that makes it non-slip. The only thing with that process, which you've got to be careful of, is that shavings are great, but with a large horse or any horse, actually, the compression of that shavings under the, the, the hoof, under the frog, over time will turn into something that's almost like concrete once it compresses down. Mm, so you've got yep. that that hardness under it. So if you're going to use shavings on a long trip, when you pull over, fluff that shavings up again. Just get your pans in there or just where the horse stands and just move it up so you, you're kind of almost like fluffing it up and it'll go through that process again. But um, next time you, uh, someone does that, have a look where the horse is standing and you'll find that that shavings, if you actually touch it, it's pretty hard mm-hmm. and you don't want that. So... Um, you could do that, or um, um, the the other thing also is uh, wetness in there. If you can monitor that, because that causes a lot of slippage as well. So they're, they're the main things. But with the Corbro product, um, they're eliminated straight away because the horse actually sinks into it, and that, that gives them a, a good foothold pretty much. So. Yeah. And I'm just looking at uh, dehydration is another thing too on the trips that I don't think – I mean, keeping that horse hydrated is really important uh, yes, to look at. And, yep. Oh, for sure, for yep. sure. Yep. Um, and also scrambling and that. I, I've, I've actually seen some video – I think everyone should see videos of uh, onboard cameras of trips with horses in the back mm. of floats. It's, mm. it's actually horrendous. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. It's not to actually see. And it's, 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 it's so important that – Without trying to spruik our product, it, I just wish everyone would realise when you float a horse, that's probably the biggest instance where something really big could happen. At, mm-hmm. By that, I mean career-ending, um, yep. simple little injuries. Yes. And the other thing, too, is that when you compete on a horse, you might be an inventor or, or the horse might pull up a bit sore. If he's got any type of soreness, the trip home, depending on how long it is, with road vibration coming up, could turn a minor complaint into a major complaint. Mm-hmm. It's, it's that forward thinking. So, um, and if, if you've got a competition horse, that's that's one of the biggest um, complaints. You know, coming to a competition, you go, you travel a couple of hours to a competition, but taking twenty four hours to get over that travel. You know, you often you might even travel down the day before or the morning before the competition. Um, oh, for sure. You need that rest. You need that rest. Yeah, yeah. Well, one of, one of the other things too is well, just um, on, on some of the recent studies, a, a good way to find out if your horse is, um, is done all right on a long trip is you should be eating or drinking within about three hours, okay. two to three yeah. hours of getting off that float. If he's not, well, there could be something wrong there. Um, yes. So just and without uh, being a name dropper and he probably wouldn't want me to say this, or maybe he would, I don't know, but Mick Hickmont, a trainer, um, actually rang me up um, a few months ago, which was nice of him to do, but he'd actually got, he had Corbro in his float and he floated one of his horses up to the Birdsville Cup. And he specifically rang me to say that they were running behind time, they, they did the trip, and we're talking about, I think he was saying something like an eight-hour trip. Mm. Took it off the float and actually won the birds. Won, oh, won wow. the cup. Wow! And he said, 
he said that was that was, and I know that um, if you talk to anyone, if we like, um, we've had Olympians uh, at the last Olympics that actually on their airboxes insisted that um, or bought Corbo to put in the airboxes because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. their horse was so used to that. Uh, alleviation of joints but um yeah definitely one, one of the things we do find is on big trips corbro clients uh will say that the horse gets out just like he's walking out of the box and we know that because their joints are elevated and that is so important mm-hmm. look I, I think it's a really good product i think that you know you've given me a lot more information about a product that i did have some knowledge of you know i would imagine that if people are looking for that product, what we can do is get your um, contact details. We'll put them at the bottom of your page, which will be horsechats.com slash Dean Cork, or just go to horsechats.com, search for Dean. But if someone's ready now, Dean, have you got some contact details so people can contact you about uh, about Corbro and the, and the products and even just transporting horses in general, you know, because I think you've got a wealth of knowledge there as well. Well, yeah, what, what, one of the things they can do is they can visit uh, – www.corbro, and that's C-O-R-B-R-O.com. And on there is basically a history on Corbro where you'll actually see what what you spoke about earlier on some of the sites we've done. And there's a forum um, that we we hope that people will not not just read on horse um, issues, but also if you've got tips, we actually have a, a section there um, that you can put on what what you you know what what you think or what you've done with your Corbro product that might help someone else. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the main Corbro product is done by um, ordering through because that's more a custom. But the Equifaces, the the smaller pads I spoke about, that's just been introduced in the last couple of months. Um, that we've introduced that those pads, so everyone has the opportunity to have this type of flooring um, when they're transporting. And that those pads can be bought online um, and uh, shipped anywhere in Australia. Uh, they they retail for three ninety nine, and that's that that'll do your front and your back legs. So mm-hmm. um, you don't have mm-hmm. to do the whole float anymore. You can just do one. There, there's also links on that site that will send you on to other sites um, with with you know the modern uh, or with the up to date statistics or research into yes. um, animal health. Mm-hmm. And that gets back to what I said before, that um, there's a lot of stuff happening, a lot of technology that, that's improving uh, equine health, and it's, it's out there. It's just a matter of um, finding out what's best for your horse and you. Yeah, and having an open mind, you know, being open-minded enough to not just do what you've been doing for the last, you know, year, 10 years, 20 years, not just what your parents or your grandparents did, but... Let's have a look at the latest research because there's a lot of, you know, time, expense, energy gone into the research. And, and, you know, we're all looking at horse welfare. So I think if we can improve horse welfare through all this research and certainly have an open mind, go and have a look at it and, um, you know, make your own decisions, but get a really good, broad opinion of, um, of what's around. Yeah, so thank you. For sure. For sure. Thank you. Thanks, Glenn. If you've enjoyed this chat, then please comment, rate and subscribe. 
If you'd like any changes or recommendations for guests, then please contact us through horsechats.com. And while you're online, have a look at the government-accredited courses at internationalhorsecollege.com. Registered Training Organisation 31352. Remember that our comments and instructions are general in nature and do not take into consideration your individual horses or your individual ability and circumstances. If you enjoyed this podcast, then please leave your comment below.